We started a series last week called Christianity Light. And uh, I'm talking about Christianity Light because I think a lot of us don't understand what's happened to the church in America. You know, the Bible says that there's in the last days, there's going to be a moral decline. We all know that. You've read that. We know that things will that the evil will grow and that, that things will get much worse. And, 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 the, and the Bible tells us that there's going to be a whole generation that's going to be unthankful, that doesn't care about truth and righteousness or laws or anything. And we're seeing so much of that in today's culture, aren't we? Uh, and, and the thing is, there's always been in all history, the, all of church history, there's always been a moral separation between the church and, and, and the world. And, and so the world is down here and here's the church and we have, uh, there's a separation between what we believe and what somebody in the world believes. And, and what has happened is that as time has gone on, the world has declined in its morals. Things have gotten worse than ever before. But, but what has happened in response is that the church, we have kept our distance, but as the world has declined, the church has tended to decline and we've lowered our standards. Instead of maintaining a high level to level of holiness and righteousness, we have a tendency to, 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 to lower our standards. And it's amazing what we're willing to accept anymore in, in, in the church in America and what we're willing to compromise on that we didn't compromise on in the past because it was in the Bible. And listen, I'm not talking about personal convictions. I'm not talking about legalism. Uh, uh, you know, the church needs to ab abandon legalism, uh, which is the idea that somehow your acts make you right with God. And, and so there's this emphasis on that. But, but, but uh, that's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about distancing ourselves from what the Bible clearly states. That's what we have had, had a tendency to do. See, society will change. But how many of you know the word of God will never change? Can I get an amen? So you and I have to stop worrying about what's happening in the world and what the world's opinions are and how the crowd thinks we should change things. We need to look at what God says because God's word was true yesterday. God's word is true today and God's word will always be true. So Christianity light is a, is a title that makes the point that we have a Christianity often in America that has been diluted. We have a we have a decaffeinated gospel. It won't get you up, won't keep you up. It, it's a gospel that has taken out the calories. We've lightened it up some. It looks the same. It smells the same. It sounds the same. It tastes the same. However, somebody has dabbled with it and somebody's kind of tinkered with it. Somebody has pulled out some ingredients, but we have covered it and masked it so well that many people don't understand that they're a part of Christianity light. That's what we're here to talk about today. I'm going to show scriptures today because scripture... It's not about what I think, and it's not about what you think. It's about what God thinks. Isn't that right? So this series is called Christianity Light, but the subject for today is saved without power. Christianity Light believes that you can be saved without power. It believes you can be a Christian and not have power. And I'm going to show you that's not true Christianity. That's Christianity Light. So as we get into the word, I want you to just bow your head and pray with me. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you'd anoint this unworthy servant today. I, I pray that, God, that the ears and the hearts of everyone listening to this word, whether they're in this room or watching on the live stream, I pray, God, that our, our hearts and our lives would be utterly changed. Lord, we, we don't want that uh, the things that, that taste great to our flesh but are less filling to our spirit. God, help us today to understand real, true Jesus Christianity in the, in the strong name of Jesus I pray and everybody said amen, amen. 
Now you may remember what we talked about last week. If you, if you didn't, if you haven't heard it, you can go watch it online on our website, restorationlifechurch.tv, or you can find our channel on YouTube and see it there as well. But uh, we talked about uh, how the, in the world the idea of light came about. And, and you remember it started with beer commercials when, when Miller Light came out with an ad campaign talking about its new, its new beer, Miller Light, that had one-third fewer calories. And they, they were basically saying, okay, all you beer drinkers out there that are concerned about your beer belly that's hanging out over your belt buckle, we're, we're going to take some calories out of this beer so you can still drink as much you want, as you want and you won't gain the same weight. And if you remember, how many remember they had these large, these commercials where large groups of people were debating the merits of, 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 of Miller Lite. And one side of the room would shout, taste great. And the other side of the room would shout, less filling. Yeah, we shouldn't know that, but, but some of us do. Um, but so anyway, but uh, so they said it tastes great, but it has fewer calories and who wouldn't want that? And so then Bud Light came on the scene and they had an ad during the Super Bowl. And if this doesn't sum up what has permeated through every part of life, I don't know what does. But their slogan was more of what you want, less of what you don't. Think, think of that. More of what you want, less of what you don't. I mean, if that's not what the, what the devil says to us every day of our lives, I don't know what it is. There, there are people that go to church and they say, I want a church that has this, this, and this. And if they don't have that, then, then I will go to a church that gives me what I want. But you know what? I hate to hurt your feelings, snowflake, but it's not about what you want, is it? It's about what God wants. You, you, you know what a lot of people want? A lot of people say, I want to go to church. I want you to tell me that everything is okay, that everything is good. I, I want you to tell me about this prosperity thing. Tell me that I can get rich. Tell me that I can go and remain in sin because of grace. And I don't, I don't want to hear the consequences of my sin. Tell me about love. Tell me about peace. Tell me about all the good stuff. But, but I don't want to hear about hell. And I don't want to hear about giving. I don't want to hear about serving. I don't want to hear about all that. If you preach on some of that, I'm out of here because I want more of what I want and less of what I don't. And, and I don't want all that stuff. I just want love. Just tell me how great I am. And boy, if that is not a lot of messages, and especially in some of a, I'm not going to name any specific ones, but there's some mega churches that that's pretty much all their message is. And if somebody really loves you, though, here's the reality. If somebody really loves you, they're going to tell you the consequences of your sin. If you really love someone and, and they're about ready to drink Clorox bleach, you're going to tell them the consequences of drinking Clorox bleach, right? You're not going to say, oh, I love them. I don't want to hurt their feelings. I don't want, I don't want to get in the way of what makes them happy. No, you're going, to, you're going to intervene. You're going to do everything you can to get the message across to them that what they're about to do is going to bring some horrible, horrible consequences into their life. That's what real love does. And love means that I'm going to tell you that you're going to go to hell unless you give your life to Jesus and let him change you, your life and, and to save you. You have to have him. Amen. There's no other way. Now, this idea of being light moved from the beer world into the realm of foods. And I showed you some last week and I want to show you some other foods that have become light. Uh, look at these. The first one you have, we have hamburger buns that have become light. So you can have high fat content in the beef, but your buns are light, so you're okay, right? And so you have Hillshire Farms there. They have, they have light smoked sausage. 
I don't even know if you can have light smoked sausage. I don't know if it really matters. It's probably bad for you either way you go, but it sure tastes good. So I'm going to eat it anyway. Uh, and, and then they, they've come out with here. Are these you can see at the bottom Choco Light. It's a caramel chocolate bar. Choco Light. Listen, I have something very important I want to say to everybody. Don't mess with chocolate. Can I get an amen? And here, here are a few more. This one here. I don't know if you knew this one on existed here. There you can see it there. It says Vanna Cream Light Lotion. <laughs> now I'm having a little fun with this one here, but I guess it's if you have a fat face, it's because you're using fat lotion. <laughs> so, so now you know the answer. You can get rid of that fat lotion and get the light, light lotion and you'll be in much better shape. All right, the next one, next thing you'll see on the left, you got Neutro Light Dog Food for the pet that's weight conscious. If they're worried about their figure, you can get them that. Uh, you have you have YooHoo Light. I mean, I mean, really, really. I mean, then there's Starbucks Frappuccino, and you can see up there at the top it says Mocha Light, right? And then and then finally, you see on the right hand, if you want to build up muscles, you can work out with Muscle Milk Light. Muscle milk like I don't know about that because if I want to get muscles, I want muscles heavy. I don't want muscles light. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, we, we had this mentality where everything has to be light. But the sad thing is, is the light mentality has seeped its way into the church. And what has happened in the church is that it looks the same. It smells the same. It feels the same. But some ingredients have been removed from it. And that's what we're talking about in this series. And one of the main ingredients that has been removed is what I'm going to talk about today. It's one of the biggest parts of walking with Jesus that Jesus talked about the, the most. And that ingredient is power. Somebody shout power. power. That's pretty good. You guys are with me today. Power has by and large been removed from the church and, the, and from the gospel. And the reality is if you remove power from Christianity, it becomes deadly. It, it's amazing that churches all over the nation go through their services without any power and Christians live their lives every single day without any power at all. And Christianity light is a modified version of the gospel. It looks good. It tastes good. But this ingredient of power has been removed. And we're going to talk about what that means because, because a lot of people in today's world, e e even people in the Christian world who say, I want power, sometimes they want power for power's sake, or they want power so they make themselves look good, and that's not what this is about. And we're going to talk about today. So let me show you how the Bible talks about it. The word power is found in the Bible 272 times. Probably didn't know how many times they're there. I, I don't have time to read 272 scriptures. Somebody say, thank the Lord. <laughs> so I'm just going to read a few of them. The first one is 2 Timothy 3, 5. We talked about this in the first message in the series. It says, having a form or an appearance of godliness, but denying it's what? Okay, every time you see the word power, I want you to shout it out, okay? Denying it's what? Have, have nothing to do with such people. He's talking about people who have the, a form or an appearance of godliness, but have no power. They're coming into church. We have pews. We have lights. We have music. We have preaching. We take an offering. It feels like church. It looks like church. It has a form of godliness, but there's one element that's often missing. Somebody say power. The Bible says they have nothing to do with people like that. The Bible says don't go to a place like that. 
And there are people all over this world that are sitting in churches and they think it's church, but there's no power connected to it. And if there's no power connected to it, guess who else is not connected to it? Jesus, because Jesus is part of the Godhead and God is all powerful. If God is in a place, there's going to be power in that place. I don't want that. I want that. I want everything that he has to offer. I don't want to just numb your pain when you come in here. I don't want you just to come to church to make you feel good. And when you come to church, I want something in some way or another to hit you, whether it's a, in a good way or a bad way. I want the word of God to hit you so hard that it shakes your sin, that it shakes out your cobwebs, that it shakes off the, the bondages of your sin, that it, that it shakes off the strongholds in your life and you become free. That's why you're here. You're not sitting here just to go through church and go through the motions. Christianity light has the form of godliness, has the appearance of godliness, but has no power. That means you can be deceived. It's a religious feeling. It's a churchy feeling, but denying the power to change you. The, the form doesn't change you. The form of godliness doesn't straighten out your marriage. The form doesn't get your kids saved. The form doesn't deal with difficulties and disputes. The form doesn't break chains of addiction. The, the form doesn't heal the sick. The form doesn't set the captive free. The form doesn't open blinded eyes and unstop deaf ears. The form doesn't transform a sinner into a saint. A powerful, a powerless form of Christianity doesn't do any of those things. Only the power of God can do those things. And listen, it's not just that you ought to have power as a Christian, but that you need to have power. See, see, now here's the thing. You know, some people in this world, they think the devil's behind everything. They see a demon behind every bush. And listen, not every bad thing that happens in life is because of a demonic attack. And I want to say that right up front. But I also want to say this. The devil is real. And his demons are real. And they hate you. And they want to destroy you. And they want to kill you. And you need the power of God to stand against him in this world. L look at this verse. Now, I want you to shout when you see the word power every time I read it in the scripture. Let's, let's let the enemy know what's going on and what God's going to do in this place. Exodus 9, 16. But I have spared you for a purpose to show you my power and to spread my fame throughout the earth. So God wants to show you his power. Let's go on to the next one. Psalm 71, 4. My God, rescue me from the power of the wicked, from the clutches of evil, of cruel oppressors. So here we see that God wants to show his power, but we also see that the enemy has power. So I want you to understand this. If the devil has power, and if we don't have power as a church, then we are living at a huge disadvantage. And you wonder why you're not successful in your Christian walk. You wonder why we keep going back to our old ways. You wonder why we can't break that old habit of sin in our life. So we, so we have the appearance of godliness. We have the form of church without the power, but we have no protection against the, the devil. Look at what it says in Amos 5.9. With blinding speed and power, he destroys the strong, crushing all their defenses. God says to us, just get me involved in this. Let me in on this battle. I will destroy the devil. See, God is all powerful and the devil can't stand against his power at all. Nevertheless, if you don't walk in the power of, all, of, of our all powerful God, then the devil rules in your life. But you can have that power. You can walk in that power. 
you can do this. Ephesians 3.20. And by the way, when I say you can do this, it's not that you have it in you. It's because of what Jesus has done. I want to make that very clear. Ephesians 3.20. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. It's his power in me. God shapes my life into the image of Christ by his power. And that results in changing my life. And my life results in changing the culture around me. But let me say this. There are many churches that are devoid of power, but churches are not empty because they've denied the power. Something actually worse than that has happened because many churches have become very popular without the power. And when they become popular, then what happens is other churches mimic them because they want the numbers, so they lower their standard and they say, it doesn't matter what you want to do, you live, live any way you want to live, God doesn't mind because he loves you. And I want to say this, it is true, love accepts everybody. I don't care what your background is or what you've been into. You could walk up to me before a church service and, and say, hey man, I just want you to know that I'm a convicted murderer and I'm going to look at you in the eyes and I'm going to say, welcome to church. All of us have done something wrong in our lives, but as long as you want to turn your life around, then you're in the right place. The truth is that we have a bunch of mess, messed up misfits in our church, so you may as well just join right in. Can I get an amen? Some of you, I'm not asking you to point fingers or look at anybody, but you know we're a bunch of messed up misfits in this church. We're people who have, who have messed up our lives that have been saved by the grace of God. Can I get an amen? The power of God has the ability, and this is when we talk about what power does and what it means, because a lot of people have these weird things. But the power of God has the ability to touch people. It has the ability to change lives. See, see I, I believe that correct doctrine is important. And if you, if you come on Wednesday nights, you know that's true. We get into the Word and we talk about these things. It's important to know what the Bible says, to have correct doctrine. But I also believe that it's not enough for our city. Having correct doctrine as a church is not enough for our city. I'm convinced that preaching and teaching is not enough for our city, even though that's still what got, part of God's plan. He, is, he has decided that, that the preaching of the word is, is the method he's going to use, but there's something that needs to happen that goes beyond that. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 2, and my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I re relied only on what? The power of the Holy Spirit. I did, did this so that you would not trust in human wisdom, but in the what? The power of God. I, I don't want you to trust in human wisdom. I don't want you to trust in my ability to preach or my ability to be eloquent, which is, which is far beyond me uh, in my oratorical ability. But what we're talking about is beyond that. Don't look at me for your salvation. I don't have the power to save you. I don't have the power to change your life. I want your attitude to be that, that if something happened to me, that you would say, fine, let's pray for Pastor Dave, but that's not where my salvation is. My salvation is in the power of God. It's not in Pastor Dave. I'm just the spokesman for the one that has the power. I want the power to come from him and go to you. I want the power of God to fall on us so that when you leave, you leave under the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. We need God's truth proclaimed but we need it proclaimed under the anointing of God's power. Now, 
I'll be here to t- I'll be the first to tell you when we hear the truth proclaimed, it may not taste great, great to you. I guarantee it won't taste great to your flesh. But it will fill you up. It will fill you up. And Christians that are drinking Christianity light have little impact on their city. They have little impact on the world. Let me just say this to you. The gospel of Jesus proclaimed in power changes you. It changes you so that you could be in a service and have 200 angels appear. You could have 50 people get healed. You could have 100 people fall out in the spirit. You could have 10 tongues and interpretations. You could clap and you could shout for 45 minutes. But if you leave that place and there's no change in your life, there's no change in your character or in your behavior or in your giving or in your servanthood, then frankly, it was just a waste of time for you. See, when God's power is active in your life, when God's power is active in His church, when God's power is is active in any situation, then you have testimonies of change. That's what the power of God does. It changes us. You know, I grew up in a church. How many of you remember, maybe you grew up in a church like mine that you, you, you would often, usually on a Sunday night service, but we'd have a testimony time. Anybody grew up with those testimony times? They're, they can be wonderful. They can also be terrible, <laughs> frankly, because I've had, you know, some people get up. It's my, one of my pet peeves when they you say, does anybody have a testimony? And they get up and say, well, it's been the worst week of my life. And this happened and my hair's falling out and I'm ugly now. And uh, I don't know what happened to this, but I'm still hanging on to Jesus. You know, it's like that's not a testimony. <laughs> but but anyway, we had those things. You know, we had these testimony services and. And, and, you know, the pastor would say, hey, brother, shout about. Why don't you come up here? Would you share a testimony? And so brother shout about comes up and says, I just, just like to say I was raised in church all my life. I grew up sleeping under the pew. I've just been a Christian pretty much all my life. I just want to thank the Lord today. Now that that's good. I like that. That's the testimony I want for my kids. That's that's a great testimony. But, but, but let me tell you about the testimony of somebody that's hit, been hit with the power of God because it's going to be a little bit of a different story. man walks up and, he's, and he says, I just want to share that last week the doctor told me I had stage four cancer. My lungs are full of cancer and it spread through my body. The doctor told me to go home and tell my family that I have a couple of months to live. And I left the doctor's office with no hope. Then he says I had nowhere else to go. And somebody invited me to a prayer meeting and I came to that prayer meeting and they asked if anybody needed healing. And I thought, what's the harm? I'm going to die in two months. I might as well go. And, and so he says, I walked up to that altar and it was the first time I'd ever done that. And all of a sudden there was this big man with his hand that gripped my head like a basketball and he prayed for me and it was like fire from his fingers shot through my body and all of a sudden my chest began burning and as I felt my chest burning I realized that I was able to breathe deeply and where I couldn't breathe deeply before and as I started breathing deep I realized that something was happening to me and I went back to the doctor and the doctor said no more cancer listen to me only the power of God can do that sister sister Farkle I like the sister Farkle I just made up that name. I hope there's no sparkles anywhere. Can you come up and share your story? Sure, Pastor. She comes up. She has sandals on. She's wearing old, worn-out blue jeans and an unkempt T-shirt. Her hair is not fixed very nice. And she walks up the platform and she says, Last night I was on the streets. 
I don't want to tell you who I am because I'm ashamed of myself, but basically for food and for drugs, I have allowed men to have their way with me. I grew up with a mama that was a crack addict, addict, and I watched her turn tricks with men in order to feed me when I was a little girl. My life was just useless. I think of suicide every night. I, I think of taking a gun and putting it in my mouth and killing myself. And last night I was planning to do just that after I had walked the streets. But there was a lady from this church and as that, I was, that was walking through this area. I had no idea who she was. She came to me and she grabbed my hand and prayed for me. And I don't know about you, but I've never had anybody grab my hand where electricity came from her hands into my body and it jolted me. And she said, it's time for your life to change and it will change right now. Now. And somehow through all of that pain, I believed and I desired that. And I fell down on that dirty street and I asked Jesus to come into my life. And I'm here to tell you the power of God is real. He changed my life. That's what the power of God can do. He can heal by his power. He can save by his power. He can deliver by his power. And that's what we need in our lives and in our church. Somebody say amen. God says that's what it's all about. That's what it means to be the church. Many churches are learning spiritual doctrine, but the spirit of the doctrine is miss, missing. We're learning the Bible, but where's the power of that word? You know, there's an old saying, goes like this. If you only have the word, you'll dry up. If you only have the spirit, you'll blow up. But if you have both, you'll grow up. We need to have the word and we need to have the power of God active in our lives. Let me give you a little lesson in the, here in the Word. Let me go through a few more of these. Luke 4, 14. Then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Report, reports about Him spread quickly through the whole region. Then verse 36. Amazed, the people exclaimed, What authority and power this man's words possess. His words possess power. I, 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 don't, I don't want to be in a place where God's word does not hit me, where it does not convict me, where it does not change me. I don't want to be there. It says, even evil spirits obey him and they flee at his command. There's so much power in the words of Jesus that the demons run from his words. Luke 5, 15, but despite Jesus' instructions, the report of his power spread even faster and vast crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases. Power, power. He didn't say come into a nice church with a great location, with a nice, good-looking preacher like you have here at this church uh, that has good music, that, that has a great kids program. No, all those things are great. All, there's nothing wrong with all of, any of those things, but that's not the issue. It's amazing how we can check things out. You know, people come in and say, how's your kids ministry? Do they have anything for married couples? Do you, what about singles? Do you have a singles ministry? We got to get over that kind of stuff. You need to be asking, does this place have the power? of God moving, our lives being changed, our people being transformed. I, I don't care what it looks like. I want God's power. And you can have all of that, all of those other things, and still not be changed. Luke 24, 49. And now I will send the Holy Spirit. Jesus is speaking, just as my Father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with what? Power. Where does it come from? From heaven. Power from heaven. I can't give you that. I can't give you that. The power comes from heaven. So if you don't have a church that's, that's calling heaven down, you don't have power. Let's keep going. Acts 1.8. But you will receive power 
when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. There you see where Jesus himself tells us what the power is all about. He says, you will receive power to be my witnesses. You will receive power to make a difference in the lives of people around you. But here's another one, Acts 6, 8. Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, and because of it, he performed amazing miracles and signs among the people. You, you don't see miracles without the power of God. It just doesn't happen. So, so why would I want to go to a church where I hear a nice message and never see anything happen? When, when I'm sick, I, I have some issue. I have marital problems. I have a kid that's messed up. I, I have to find some place filled with the power of God that can help me. That doesn't just, don't just make me feel good. I, I need you to remove the tumor. Take it all out. Don't give me something to deaden my pain. I want to get rid of the tumor. Two more. 1 Corinthians 4.20 For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It is living by God's power. Do you understand what power does? God's power makes us different. It makes us different than all the other religions of the world. Hear me. Buddha doesn't have any power. Krishna has no power. Muhammad has no power. New Age beliefs have no power. Christianity light has no power. The thing that we have that nobody else has is what? It's the power of the Holy Spirit moving in our lives. First Thessalonians 1.5 For when we brought you the good news, it was not only with words, but also with what? Power. Don't go to a church that just preaches and you never see lives changed. You never get confronted by the Holy Spirit. It's not just words. And it's also about power. I want to close today by telling you a story about one of my personal heroes. Charles Greenaway was one of the Assemblies of God's great pioneer missionaries to Africa. And I, I used to, I got the chance to meet him a few times, and I just, I used to love just sitting and just listening to him as he shared about his early days on the mission field in Africa, going to places where at times, Africans had never seen even a white man, much less heard the gospel. Well, my favorite story is about an encounter he had deep in the heart of the jungles of Africa. I've shared this on a Wednesday night, I know for sure, but many of you haven't heard this story. But Charles Greenaway heard about a village that, 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 where the gospel had not yet been preached, and so he traveled into the jungle to tell them about Jesus. When he arrived, he started preaching the gospel and telling them all about Jesus, but Nobody was getting saved. He, he couldn't understand it. He'd never seen this. He, he, he knew the people were really listening and he could sense the Holy Spirit working in their lives, but nobody was willing to cross the line and accept Jesus as their Lord. One day he, he, he found out why. He was talking with someone in the village and they said to him it was because the village witch doctor had warned them not to listen to the white man or they'd have to deal with him. See, see, we've already talked about the fact that the devil does have power, right? We know that. And this witch doctor was a man filled with darkness and filled with satanic power. The villagers in the past had, had watched as, as this witch doctor got angry at somebody and, and just cursed them and instantly they fell dead. So the villagers knew he had power and they were afraid to defy him even though they wanted to become Christians. Well, Charles Greenaway tried to tell them that there was no reason to fear because God was, was more powerful than, than any power that the witch doctor could have, but it was to no avail. And he, 
In spite of the difficulties, Charles Greenaway just kept preaching. Well, one day, this witch doctor decided that he had had enough. So he showed up in the village while Charles, Charles Greenaway was preaching. He stepped out of the jungle, and as he stepped out, he was covered from head to toe with some kind of animal dung. Isn't that a, quite a, a visual picture there? And he walked up to Charles Greenaway. The crowd just kind of parted and moved out of the way. He walked up to Charles Greenaway, and he started going through some ritual to curse him. Well, the people of the village were, were frightened, but they stayed there, and they watched intently as this drama played out in front of them. Now, here's the thing. When something like that happens, let's just say there are a lot of situations in ministry that they just can't prepare you for in Bible college or seminary. You know, there's no class that addresses this, right? There's not a class that says what to do if you're confronted with a dung-covered, demon-possessed witch doctor in the middle of a jungle. They don't have that class, right? So, so Charles Greenaway, he, he didn't know what to do. How, how many of you know that, that you don't get to see a miracle until, until you actually need a miracle, right? Well, Charles Greenaway needed God to do something, and he needed him to do something like right now. But not knowing what else to do, Charles stepped up to that witch doctor as, as he was going through his incantations. And, and he stepped up to him and he stood to him belly to belly, toes to toes, nose to nose, eye to eye. With his, and then he, with his huge bellowing voice, Charles Greenaway, he preached back before the days of PA systems. And see, he had this massive booming voice that he had developed over the years. And so with his huge booming, bellowing voice. Uh, he just shouted at the top of his lungs, face to face, nose to nose, eye to eye, belly to belly, toe to toe with this witch doctor. He just yells out, Jesus, help me. And well, as soon as he did that, that, that it, was, it was almost like that someone punched that old witch doctor in the nose. He, he just stumbled back a few steps. His eyes were as big as saucers and his jaw was gaping open. Without a moment's hesitation, Charles Greenaway stepped right back up to that witch doctor, toe to toe, belly to belly, nose to nose, eye to eye, and he just shouted as loud as he could again, Jesus, help me! And when he did, that old witch doctor stumbled back again another few steps, and Charles Greenaway just kept right in step with him. He stepped up to him, toe to toe, belly to belly, nose to nose, and he shouted at the top of his lungs, Jesus, help me! Once again, that old witch doctor just stumbled back. And they kept repeating this ritual over and over and over of Charles Greenaway shouting and the witch doctor retreating until they moved all the way across the village green and had reached the edge of the jungle. And as soon as they got to the edge of the jungle, that old witch doctor turned around and he ran away from Greenaway as fast as he could. You know what? He ran because 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ died on a cross and made a public, public spectacle of every demon in hell. He defeated every power of darkness. He took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And now every demon in hell knows that they are defeated foe. We are covered with the blood of Jesus and we walk in victory in the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody give God praise in this place. Listen, after that witch doctor ran into the village with his tail between his legs, metaphorically, he didn't really have a tail. Be clear on that. Charles Greenaway turned around and he saw that every person in the village was standing there on that village green 
watching everything that was going on. And as soon as that witch doctor ran away, the whole village, every person, gave their lives to Jesus. Power. There's power in the name of Jesus. Philippians 2.13 For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the what? The power to do what pleases Him. He gives us power not to be comfortable. It's not power to take it easy. It's not power to relax. It's not power to be entertained. It's not power to get our way. It's not power to get rich. It's not power to take it easy. It's not power to make things that we want to happen happen. He gives us power to be His witnesses. He gives us power to confront the powers of darkness that rule this world. And we do that with confidence to break the stranglehold off the, on the lives of people that we love. He gives us power to pray for the sick and watch as He miraculously heals them. He gives us power to walk through the valley of the shadow of death without fearing any kind of evil. He gives us power to forgive even the most heinous and despicable, despicable acts against us or against the people that we love. He gives us power to walk in holiness so that people will see that there's something different about us and be drawn to Jesus. He gives us power to love the unlovable. He gives us power to love our enemies and to serve those who spitefully use us. He gives us power to bite our tongue and not say the hateful, anger-filled words that we want to aim right at the heart of the one who made us angry. He gives us power to, to go to those who are hurting and tell them that there is a bomb in Gilead. He gives us power to walk wherever He leads us without fear and without timidity. He gives us power to forsake everything if it means that we can lead some person to Jesus Christ. He gives us power to walk through this world and instead of shaking a fist at the darkness to light up the world with the gospel of grace that sets men free. And there's some of us in this room that don't know a whole lot about the Bible. You don't know much about anything except that he has saved your rotten life. He brought you up out of the pit of hell and put you into the household of God. And I want you to know, you have a reserve arsenal at your disposal. disposal. You may not know much. You may think, think that you don't know how to pray well. Well, I'm here to tell you right off the bat, it is not about you. It's not about what you can do. It's not about how you can pray. It's not about how you can manipulate circumstances by anything you say or do. There's power in the name of Jesus. When the devil tries to come against you, when he tries to come in and destroy your family, when he tries to rob you of your joy and tries to steal your victory, I want you to remember that there is power in the name of Jesus. You are a child of God. And listen, if you will take this gospel to the streets of Marion, into the marketplace, into the workplace, into the school, into your neighborhood, into your home, I'm here to tell you, if you will do that, he will give you the power you need to touch people's lives. The problem is, we come to church and we say, God, I want power, because we say, I want to feel good in church. That's not what His power is about. It's not about what we can do in here, how we feel in here. It's about us being empowered to go into the world to make a difference. He doesn't give us power for the sake of power. 
He doesn't give us power to make much of us. And we've all seen that. People who have this great show of something on the platform and make a big show of how great they are and how much faith they have and how powerful they are. Uh, but he doesn't give us power to feed our ego. He gives us power to make Jesus famous and to change the world. How about you? Are you drinking from the cup of Christianity light? Are you saved without power? I'm here to tell you it doesn't have to be that way. There's a better life waiting for you. There's an exciting life waiting for you. And it begins by repenting before God for settling for something less than what God has planned for your life. Do you want the power of the Holy Spirit to flow through you, to touch a broken, hurting world? Listen, I want to tell you this. If you're not willing to step out of your comfort zone, and tell somebody about Jesus. There's no reason for him to undo you with power. You hear what I'm saying? He gives us power because he wants to change the world. How do you change the world? Well, it's the same way. Let me put it this way. How do you, somebody knows this, but how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. How do you change the world? One person at a time. You can make a difference. If you let God empower you, if you seek His face, ask Him to fill you with the power of the Holy Spirit, ask Him to baptize you in the Holy Spirit, say, Lord God, I don't want this just so that I'll, I can brag about that I've got it now. I don't want this so that I'll feel good about myself. I don't want this so that I can walk out of a church service and say, wow, that was really great. I had such a great time. I feel so good. But say, God, I want this because I want to live an effective life as a follower of Jesus Christ. I want to make a difference in my workplace. I want to see lives changed in my neighborhood. I want to see God heal people at Walmart so that people can see that there is a God in Marion, that there's a God who can save, that Jesus is real, and that Jesus can change lives. Let me tell you something. Here's the reality of it. If you want that, what we have to understand we are not waiting on God. God is waiting on us. He's been more than ready. He has done this in believers for centuries. He's more than ready, more than willing. Will you open your heart? Will you, as we talked about last week, die to yourself? Pick up your cross and say, Lord, I'll say what you want to say, want me to say. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll go where you want me to go. When you prompt me to talk to somebody about Jesus, I'll do it, even if I feel inadequate, because it's not about me. Because I trust that you will empower me. Will you die to yourself? That's the first step in finding the power that the Holy Spirit wants to bring into your life. Would you bow your head? Close your eyes. Father, as we come into your presence today, Lord, I, I want the power of your Spirit to flow through my life. And God, I, th I think I'm like everybody else here. There have been so many times when I have missed you. 
There have been times when I've felt prompted that I was to speak to someone and I didn't. When I felt prompted to pray for someone and I didn't. And God, for those moments, we, we stand before you and I can only speak for myself, but I repent. I've seen, God, the times when I did obey. I've seen how you've touched lives. I've seen how you've changed things. I've seen you heal people. And there, there are people all over this room that could tell the same kind of stories about how they just simply walked in obedience and they just said what you said to say. And in that moment, your power made up the difference. And God, I pray that everybody in this room, we would just begin to long for you. That we would long for power, not for the sake of power, not so that we could make great statements about ourselves or that anybody else would think anything greater about us, but simply, God, so that we could be effective. You planted us where we live and work and go to school and shop on purpose. And we are your missionaries here. And God, right now, we, we repent for not taking that calling seriously. Now, does it mean, God, I know you, you haven't called everybody to stand on a street corner and preach, but you've called every one of us to carry the gospel to the people around us. Maybe the door is open by serving them, by mowing their lawn, by, by cooking a meal for them, by inviting them out for dinner, by babysitting their kids, whatever it might be. But God, once that door is open, I pray, God, that we would have the courage to step through and just talk to them about the Jesus who's changed us. And God, when we see somebody going through a hard time, a dark valley, Lord, we've all walked through those things. Instead of just looking at them and saying, man, I'm so sorry, I'll be praying for you. Lord, help us to pray for them right then. Help us to be there and tell them about the, the shepherd who walks with us even through the valley of the shadow of death. And because we know you are with us, we fear no evil. God, I pray that you would help us to have a desire to be used by you. And therefore, we would desire the power to be effective in that. With heads bowed and eyes closed, and there's nobody looking around. I don't know who, where you are. I don't know what's going on in your life. But if there's anybody here who would say, Pastor Dave... I want to join you and I want you to pray for me and say, because I just want to say, God, fill me with your power. I want the power of God to flow through my life freely. I don't want anything to stop it, especially me. And if that's you, would you slip your hand up right where you are and say, Pastor, pray for me all over this place. Hands are just about everybody in this place has raised their hand saying, I want the power of God to flow through me. Would you stand together with me? Father, you see us right where we are. And right now, if you raised your hand and you, and, you, and you realize that you have settled for something less, would you just go to Him and in your own words, re repent before Him and say, God, I'm sorry for settling for less. I'm sorry for settling for something that's comfortable. I'm so sorry for settling for something that's easy. But God, I just pray that you would let your spirit flow through me. Do pray that right now in your own words. Father, you see us. You hear every prayer. And God, as we repent before you, we know that if we confess our sin, that you are faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And God, we confess of the sin of, of, of neglect in some of these areas. 
And God, we want to be a a church that is known for power, not power for the spectacular, but power because we see lives changed. We see drug addicts set free. We see people that are in bondage to sin walk freely out of that sin. God, we want your power to flow through us. But it's not about what you do here in these walls so much, God, as what you want to do through your church outside of this place. So God, I pray you would fill us with your power, that we would walk in your power. And what that means, God, is that we would take that step of faith when you prompt us, when you speak to us. And God, that in a very kind and loving way, we would speak the truth of the gospel to everybody we can. And Father, I thank you for what you're going to do. And I pray, God, that as we head across the street, as we go over to the backpack giveaway, Lord, there are are families there that you're going to use us to touch today. So God, help us to be sensitive. Help us to be listening. And God, if there's somebody there that you you can touch through us individually, we ask that you would use us today. Touch their lives. Change families today, God. We thank you for what you're going to accomplish. In the strong name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.